0: or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space.
0: No matter the situation, you have to be the person in control. So you have to run the show. And not just the show, every show. You have to be the person in charge. Where you struggle with sharing and delegating, And you may have some mean girl tendencies.
1: Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit CultivatingHerspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab.
0: Welcome to Cultivating Herspace, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor
1: and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be.
0: Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit cultivatingherspace.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Our quote of the day. With any kind of mean girl or anyone who bullies anyone, there's always a reason for it. There's that sadness in them or insecurity that makes them feel like they need to act out or hurt other people. And this quote comes to us from Myera Walsh. T. I mean, just reading that quote, I already had a million thoughts running through my head. When you hear that quote, what comes up for you?
1: You know what, Dom, a lot comes up for me. I think it's spot on honestly, and I think that this topic in general could be a loaded topic for some because I think that many of us you know we are grown women <laughs> listening to the podcast, right? We have a lot of grown women that are listening, and so there may have been times in our lives where we were mean girls, and so this may be a little reminder of like, girl, remember when you used to do this, did that, or maybe you're still a mean girl, you're trying to recover or maybe you're one of those women who were treated wrongly by mean girls. And so it could be a little triggering thinking about, you know, some time in school where, you know, people were mean to you and girls just did you wrong. And so it kind of reminds me of what they say about bullies, right? In school, it's like they were usually bullied at home or they had something going on with them that impacted the way that they treated other people. And so I'm actually really excited to talk about this topic because I think that, People have been talking about it on social media a bit. And when you think about Mean Girl, many of us have seen the movie Mean Girls, right? But the label Mean Girls is an expression used to describe girls or women who exhibit antisocial behavior known as relational aggression. Dom's going to tell us a little bit more about relational aggression. And this term was popularized by the movie Mean Girls. So Dom, let's just talk about relational aggression. What exactly is that?
0: So. Relational aggression is really about how you interact in your interpersonal relationships, right? So what are the dynamics involved in how you interact with other people, right? And so relational aggression is truly about when you are intentionally harmful or hurtful towards someone else within the context of your relationship.
1: Okay. Now, you know, I'm going to ask for an example. Can you give us an example? Like, what does that look like in action, relational aggression?
0: So if we reference the movie Mean Girls, right? That's it. I think adolescent relational aggression is one that we can easily call to mind. So like in the movie Mean Girls, When you have this group of girls and they say, okay, you can't sit at this table with us because you're not dressed a certain way or you don't talk a certain way, right? So we are intentionally pushing you away. We are intentionally shutting you out from this level of social status and the ability to interact with us. That's one form of relational aggression right other ways in which we may see it in grown women because you know we want to talk now about like what that looks like for us as grown women because in adolescence we can easily look at that and say well I'm not going to do that in real life as an adult right but the reality is that in grown women what that looks like Is saying, we're not inviting so and so to brunch because they didn't fulfill X, Y, and Z requirements. So they're no longer at the same company as us. They don't make the same amount of money as us. They don't live in the same neighborhood as us. Whatever criteria you're putting, social status criteria you're putting forth, And you're saying, no, we don't want this person to be around us. We are intentionally saying you cannot be around us anymore. You cannot join our social circle. And we're saying we're making it clear to that person, intentionally shutting them out, intentionally causing them harm. Right. Another way that that may look is. Let's say that you are on the job. And you have a co-worker. Relational aggression could look like saying to this co-worker or saying to your boss, I don't want so and so in this space because. They can't do X, Y, and Z behavior in the same way or task in the same way that I do. Wow. I'm shutting this person out. So I am intentionally saying, I don't want this person here. I am intentionally trying to prevent this person from gaining some level of social status or having some type of relational interaction.
1: Those are good examples and that's tricky because I'm thinking imagine mixing and I'm sure people have experienced this. Imagine mi- mixing the relational aggression with the passive aggressiveness and like gaslighting. So now you notice that someone is like treating you a little different and you're you're like mm, I, this feels like relational aggression and then you confront them and they're like oh no like we forgot you or we didn't think you'd want to go, right? If it's brunch or something like that. Now, I saw this quote on social media and lady you may have seen this as well, but this woman named Tamika Newhouse Posted this quote that went viral and it really sparked up a conversation about mean girl culture. And what she said was, ladies, stop throwing women empowerment events when you are a mean girl in real life. And I was like, oh, people were really, really triggered by this. Some people were really agreeing with it. And there were some other, I want to say, some other feedback that people shared that I want to dive into with you, Don. But a lot of women were like, yeah, I can resonate with that. You know, you got these women online who talk about, oh yeah, I'm all about women empowerment. And then they host these events and they're mean girls. They're talking shit about other women at the event, right? They're, dr- they're like, got all this drama in their lives and they're just really mean and nasty. And one of the women had commented and said, well, what's wrong if they're trying to become better? And maybe they want to make a change from being the mean girls. So maybe you're you're like a mean girl in transition, but you still want to host these women empowerment events. What are your thoughts on that whole concept? Dom?
0: Ooh, Okay. <laughs> so that does happen. Right. And there's a lot of relational aggression within that. Right. So like, like you, the example you gave of like, you're hosting these women empowerment events and you're saying that, you know, you're coming in and you're being catty and you're gossiping about other friends or other women at these events. And then what you're also doing is when you're asking the women at those events to kind of choose a side, Mm -hmm. that's a form of relational aggression, right? Like you are telling these other women who are there, I need you to choose me and forget the other person, right? Like you have me, you have this other person. You have to choose one of us. That's a form of relational aggression as well, right? And to me, that is one of the main ways that, that mean girl status can perpetuate And it goes against women empowerment. It feels very hypocritical because the point of, at least from my perspective, the point of having a women empowerment or anything where you're bringing women together with the mission of supporting and uplifting does not involve tearing other women down. So if you are empowering other women, It should not require tearing someone else down to lift yourself up. But to me, I think that kind of goes back to our quote of the day where it talked about, you know, that this mean girl thing stems from insecurity, right? Or it stems from sadness. And it makes me think about that phrase, hurt people, hurt people.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's a fact. I'm glad that you brought that up, Dom, because I often think about people who are in the comment section on social media. A lot of us are in the comment section these days because of you know the state of the world that we're in. Things are not quite totally opened up where we are. So a lot of people are online. But I think about people that are in the comment section being shady and stuff like that. If we're being honest, I OK, let me speak from my experience. I know for me personally, when I am feeling amazing, when I'm feeling really good about myself and my life and I'm happy, I'm not inclined to talk shit about someone or to be mean. Like I'm just really in a good space. So I really want to put out good energy. However, there are times where I'm feeling really bad about myself or I'm feeling shitty or I'm having a rough day. And that's when I'm more inclined to share that energy, right? Misery loves company, right? Or misery loves miserable company. So that's where I'm more inclined to give that energy back out. Like I've had times where I'm feeling really bad. I'm just having a rough day, y'all. And I'll go down social media and I'll see something positive and I'm like, Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, just hate it. Just, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, you need to get off social media, get yourself together, girl, have a moment, because it's okay to feel those feelings, but it's like, what do you do with them? And so that makes perfect sense. I do want to ask a few questions. And, lady, let's all just think about what we believe to be true about this, right? And the first two questions are Are Black women catty? And if so, why is this such a popular narrative? Ooh. (laughs) Oh,
0: I would say, generally speaking, no, we're not. Mm -hmm. No, we are not. Generally speaking, Black women are some of your biggest supporters, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think about how we show up for one another. Like I think about. You're walking down the street. Yes. And you are wearing like a flower in your hair. And mm-hmm. walking down the street, and another black woman, you don't even know you've never seen her in life, and she's like, Yes, orange flower, I see you, <laughs> <Yes>. orange flower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we show up for each other, right? Mm-hmm. I think about recently, I had to go to the doctor's office and cause I was having some blood work done to like, look at my nutrition levels. And the woman who was drawing my blood, she was like, sis, I just want to point something out to you. Like when we're done, you might want to go in the bathroom and fix your brow. And I was like, Oh, and she was like, yeah, there's a smear. And you know, I can't, as queens, we supposed to lift one another up. We, you know, if we see your crown slipping. I'm going to reach in and help you lift that crown back up. And I was like, damn, yes. Thank you, sis. I appreciate you because I have been walking around and nobody yeah. pointed out that my eyebrow mm-hmm. that I had taken time to pencil in that morning had okay. a smear, right? But I was so appreciative. Of this woman who I didn't even know pointing that out to me so that I could fix my brow, right? Fix, adjust my crown. Yes. So to me, those are the examples that I resonate with, that I choose to identify with when I think about Black women. But I'm also aware that what sells on TV Mm-hmm. is drama. Right. Yeah. The, so to me, the cattiness is what sells on TV. And I don't think that that's a true reflection of what happens in real life. Like a lot of the reality TV shows, like the housewives and things like that sell because it's based on creating this narrative of women being catty, particularly mm-hmm. black women. I personally have stopped watching those shows because I don't want to feed that narrative into my life because I know that that's not reflective of what my life is like or what I choose to have around me. But I know that that's what sells. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not going to negate the fact that we have conflict. Yeah. Having conflict is a normal part of any, any relationship, but cattiness is not.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that, Dom. I love the example that you used. I'm so glad that you shared the example about how we tend to compliment one another because I've definitely experienced that. And I'm, if I see a five Black woman or something I like about a certain Black woman, I will definitely let her know, like, just, yo, like, Why not? You know, compliment the sister. Right. And so I love that example. And I love the eyebrow example, too, because I've had moments like that as well where we just look out for one another. And I'm with you. I get annoyed when people generalize groups because we are all so unique and different. And I think that our community in particular, we are often presented as a monolith. Right. Like we're often presented as Just all having the same characteristics, being the same type of people with the same experiences. And it's not true. And so I don't believe that Black women are catty. I think that there are different situations where you might experience one Black woman or a group of Black women, and there might be some cattiness within that particular group. That's not representative of all Black women, right? And I do believe that all communities have certain characteristics. You have certain groups of women that are in white community. They may be catty. In the Asian community, they might like it just depends on which group of specific Black women you are around, right? But I've had experiences with, you know, incredible Black women that have been supportive, and I'm with you. I think that it's a popular narrative because it's presented in the media. The media controls perception in a lot of cases. And so I think that is the case. But I do think it's important to address both sides, right? Like, have there been experiences where we've you know, interacted with Black women or girls, and it was positive. And then we have to be real about the instances where maybe it wasn't very positive, right? Because I think that many of us have had experiences from both sides. When I think about, I'll start with the positive, an experience that I've had with women in our community that was super positive. I would probably say the first thing that comes to mind for me, Dom, is probably over the past year with my book launch. So I launched my book. How to glow up as you grow up, which is developed on Amazon, lady. So you can go to <laughs> what is my what is my website? I'm like, wait, where, do, where do you go to find com this?
0: or is it brandingwitherry.com. We could do either one. You got both. Hey,
1: Dom, Dom, Go ahead, girl, with it. Go ahead, girl. Those two, but there's one for the book. God, have I've been on maternity leave, so don't judge me. But it's called glowupbook.com, y'all. Okay. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. But I have definitely had instances where Black women came out and drove to support. They messaged me, they supported online, they reshared my book. And that was an example of my women coming out to support me. And I think that was so amazing. And I think that when you have your community and women that look like you, that support you, it just does something special. Like I had support across the board, but when I think about the most recent memory of Black women coming out to support and show genuine love, that is one example that comes to mind for me. Do you have any other examples? I know you shared one instance about the other day when you went to the doctor's office. Is there another situation where like, Black woman just showed you some love? And you were like, yes.
0: So, I mean, that was an example of like a total stranger showing Mm -hmm. love, right? But I think about just in my various circles in general, where we are intentional about uplifting one another. So if someone like has an accomplishment then we all come through and show love for that person, right? So someone has a baby, you know, someone gets licensed, someone opens up a business, someone shares an accomplishment with their child, right? Like we are constantly in the habit of lifting one another up. And so for me, I think that that has been something that has been really important is to constantly surround myself with other Black women who want to lift each other up, right? Who who Mm -hmm. want to say, okay, sis, you out here about to buy a house, like, how can we support
1: Hey, lady, it's Terry here, and I want to interrupt the conversation quickly with an exciting opportunity. If you're a busy woman trying to manage many hats, you need to know about Asana. Asana is a project management tool, and it helps you manage your work and take action effortlessly. We use Asana to manage the podcast. I use it for my book launch, fertility treatments, groceries, and everyday tasks. Asana is hosting Focus and Flow Summit on June 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. It's a virtual TED Talk style event featuring experts in the space of mindset, focus, habits, and more. The event is free and you can register at summit.asana.com. That's S-U-M-M-I-T dot Asana, A-S-A-N-A. Dot com. You'll walk away feeling inspired by speakers, but also with practical steps to tune out distractions and find your own focus and flow. All right, lady, let's dive back into the conversation.
0: You know, since you out here about to launch this business, like you're applying for this business license, like what do I need to do to show you support? Right? Like, how can I be there for you? Right? And then when you get through this thing that you are striving for, all right, how are we going to celebrate? Like, do I need to send you, do I need to send you a bottle of champagne, send you some flowers, send you some cookies? Like what you want? Like, I got you, Mm, you know?
1: That all sounds amazing. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) What are ways in which we can constantly celebrate, acknowledge and uplift one another? And I think that I can also think of instances Where. I've had friends say, celebrate the little things, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you got through this week without any drama. Right. Celebrate that. You know, like think about like those little things, because if you knew that you've been going through like this, the last month. And the last month has been incredibly stressful and you've been dealing with drama, either with your partner or with your kids. Or at work, whatever it is, you've been dealing with a lot of stress. And then you get through that week and it was no drama. You celebrate Mm -hmm. that, right? So just, and when you have that community of women who are aware of the things that are happening in your life, they are there for you to support and uplift.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. It's all about being intentional about who you allow into that circle and who you keep in that circle as well. Like I love, love, love that. And it sounds like you all have a nice healthy group there. Now I do want to talk about the other instances of the other side of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, have you ever been in a situation where for me, it's typically entering into a new room or a new group of women that I don't know where I might feel that weird tension. Now I will say I typically will try to go into these spaces, especially with women. I try to go in with good energy and good vibes. So I, you know, get my energy together at home. I'll go into the space really offering love and light, right? Like I'm not about the drama and all that, but have you ever been in a situation where you've gone into a space with other black women and you're like, Ooh, something is off. Like I feel like people are either judging me or looking at me a certain way, or they're just kind of giving me that mean girl energy. Have you ever experienced that?
0: I can't actually recall where that was the reality, Mm -hmm. right? But what I can recall are instances where I was the one who projected that onto them, right? So I was feeling insecure about myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was unsure. I was lacking confidence in what I was bringing into that space. Wow. And I projected onto them that they were feeling this negative, judgy, cattiness yeah. about me. Mm-hmm. Right. When in reality, they weren't thinking about me. They didn't yeah. know my story. They yeah. had no clue. Right. Right. There was no judgment there on their part whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was in my own stuff and assumed Mm -hmm. that those around me were fully aware of my stuff and they were judging me when that wasn't the case at all.
1: Interesting. I think many of us have been there. I know I have been there, Dom. Did you have a chance to link with any of the women that were there to sort of like confirm your experience or validate the experience? Like, oh, wow, I was able to click with this woman and she was fine. Like, it was all in my head. Did you have that? Ex- like, did you have a chance to do that? So I'm recalling
0: multiple instances of like my younger self where okay. that was the case, right? So, like, yeah, like I can think about friends that I have now. Mm -hmm. When I first met them, because of the stuff that I was bringing in, I thought that they were judging me. They weren't going to try and be my friend and all of that. So I was Mm -hmm. keeping a distance and I was coming across the feedback that I got later on was that I was coming across as
1: standoffish. Really? Oh, that's so interesting.
0: And the reality is I could see where I was presenting as standoffish. Because I was insecure and projecting that they didn't like me. Right. And so you see how that ends up unless you lean into it. And we'll talk later in the episode of how to dive into that. But unless you lean into addressing like what's really happening, you won't ever know. And chances are both sides are misperceiving what's happening. Right? Mm -hmm. Like My friend was perceiving that I was being standoffish and I was being stuck up and I didn't want anything to do with them. When in reality, I assumed that they didn't want anything to do with me, that they were judging me. And right now, I honestly can't even recall how we started talking. But once we did, there was this instant click and we've been friends since.
1: That is so powerful because I think that happens a lot. And like you said, I mean, you factor in, let's say someone has resting bitch face and it's like, you're not even a catty person, but your facial expression, you just be, you just be on chill. You add that into it. And then it's just like, you are perceiving this person to be one way. You're perceiving her to be this way. And then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think that does happen a lot. I know I've chatted with other women and I've also had an experience where I have gone into a space and I'm like, something just ain't right, mm-hmm. right? You just feel like the energy's off. And in those instances, I still, you know, continue to show up as myself with good energy. But yeah, it can be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So I guess we should dive into the signs that someone is a mean girl so that we can kind of understand the mean girl experience. And then we'll talk about how to stop being a mean girl. Maybe you're like, girl, this is me. I need some help because I've definitely had personal experiences where I have had mean girl energy. Mm -hmm. And so let's dive into it, Dom. The first sign that you're a mean girl is that you struggle with envy. We all struggle with envy at some point, right?
0: Yeah, it's a normal emotion that we experience.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you think it shows up differently for a mean girl?
0: It's a constant, right? Mm -hmm. So that mean girl is, that's their major way of existing is to be envious of other people around them. Mhm. So there's there's constant they don't know how to look within and be grateful for what they like notice the things that are going well for them. It's well, I don't have what she has. I don't have the partner, I don't have the car, I don't have the house, I don't have this dress, this handbag, like disconstant envy.
1: And maybe because of that envy you now treat that other person a certain way because yeah. that person may have what you want so it's like oh I'm going to be shaky toward her cuz she thinks she all that. Remember that? yes she all that in a bag of chips, okay? Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and really lady you made you are all that in a bag of chips. You mm. just have to look within and identify the things that you're grateful for. So our next sign You are focused on status and you prioritize getting ahead, right? So you are focused on that friend, right? Who you're looking at, okay, well, that friend has this job and drives this car. That's all I care about too, is I need to get to this status in life. I need to be made. I have to make X amount of dollars. I have to drive X car and, you know, that's the only thing I am laser focused on. I'm not necessarily focused on what it's going to take for me to get there. I just need to get to those things. I need to have that level of status no matter what the cost.
1: And I would add to that too, Dom, like I know sometimes there may be some ambitious women who are like, well, I want, I want the Birkin. I want the BMW or the Range Rover, whatever the Tesla, whatever it might be. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. However, I think that, like you said earlier, if you are now basing your friendships on what people have and it's like, oh, I'm going to treat this one person shitty because, you know, they're working at the reception. But when I see the people coming out that are higher up to the company, I'm going to treat them really well. Like you're, you base your relationships and how you treat people on status in addition to, you know, what you can get from them. I think that I've definitely seen that manifest where a woman might be like, oh, what kind of shoes are those? Like, I'm not a name brand person. I'm like, I'll I'll go to thrift stores. My grandmother, we we were raised to go to thrift stores. I've been ordering stuff from Amazon, wherever, right? Like whatever stores, I don't care about the name brand, but I know some people do and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But if you are solely, let's say you go to one of these women empowerment events and you see a sister there. She got her Burlington Coat Factory shoes on like me. Because I would go to Berlin to Coat Factory or Ross to get me some <laughs> some off-brand shoes and she's like, Oh, we're not, we not about to have lunch with her. She got on those no name brand shoes. They're not red bottoms. Oh no, we're not gonna we not gonna right. fool with her. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yep. That's where and that's where that relational aggression comes in, right? Cause you're like, I'm not talking to this person, I'm I'm excluding this person because of that. And
1: number three is troubles with friendships. So if you notice that, you know what? I'm always having troubles in my friendships. And you might even notice it's always everyone else. Sometimes, usually, right? I was going to say, usually, if you think it's always everyone else, you may have to look in the mirror and see, what role am I playing in these friendships, right? Like, just because you've been friends with someone doesn't mean you're going to be friends with them for life. But if you notice that you have troubles near all your friendships and it's never your fault, then it might be time to evaluate. Like, am I a mean girl? Am I showing up in a certain way that people maybe don't want to be around, Right.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I love that. I think that is that inward examination is important, right? That sometimes it is about you. Sometimes it is you, you. Sometimes you are the root cause. And so then that takes us to the next tip, issues with control. So, lady, are you the one in your friend group or at the office? Or at the in the church group. So where no matter the situation, you have to be the person in control. So you have to run the show. And not just the show, every show. You have to be the person in charge. Where you struggle with sharing and delegating, then you may have some mean girl tendencies.
1: And to give a quick example, Dom, I had a former friend back in the day who would always need to like have the last word. She would always like interrupt and over-talk people. And if we were making a group decision, it was always like we had to go her way or she'd have an attitude, a visible attitude. And it's like, oh, now we got to deal with her attitude as we go to whatever event we're going to go to, right? So just think about that, lady. Issues with control. Now, number five is speaks unkindly to and about others or as many of us may call it, gossiping, right? So constantly making jokes at someone else's expense. I do have someone that I know, and I don't know what you might call it, depending on where you're from, but you might call it a burn. You might call it busting on people. You might call it just talking shit. You might call it joning, like whatever you might call it. It depends on where you're from, I think. But this person, you go into a room and they they just start coming at people, even in their head, right? And they're like, they may share little side jokes with us, like, girl, You see her shoes or you see that wig, right? Like whatever it might be. And it's like, is that really necessary? I think many of us may go into a room, you may see something and you might call it out and let the person know if if, if it's something that they might want to fix. But this person is like always making jokes at other people. And a lot of times that's because they don't feel good about themselves, you know?
0: Yes. And I think that honestly, if we are real with ourselves, all of us have had those points in life right hell yeah where we're like not feeling good about ourselves and so we tear someone else down or tear everyone else around us down to make mm-hmm. ourselves feel good right and to me that's you know in addition to a sign that you might be a mean girl that's also a sign of like your own insecurities mhm and so i think that that's a great example and I think the thing to remember, like I said, because all of us can know that we've done that, is are we doing this in combination with all of those other tips, right? That's really a sign for us to say, okay, maybe I might be a mean girl. But either way, any of these, if we experience any of these, it's an indication that maybe we need to go within. And so that takes us to tip number six. You leave other people out, and just to be clear, you intentionally leave other people out to hurt them, right? So we get you know that everything is not for everybody, right? I'm not a parent, so I don't expect it to be invited to mommy group events, right, and if all of my friends are moms and they do something, like they're doing like a mommy, mommy and me event, I don't expect to get invited because I'm not a parent. But if all of the moms in the group decide that they're going to get together and it's not related to anything parenting, but they intentionally leave me out, that's a sign that somebody, maybe a few somebodies in that group Maybe a mean girl, right? Because they're intentionally leaving me out of something that didn't require, doesn't make sense for why they would leave me out.
1: Great example, Dom. And I think that leads us to number seven, which is they don't respect boundaries. Now, I was trying to think of an example for this. and I'm sure after we record, I'll be like, oh, I have a good example. I can't really think of one right now, Dom. Do you have one?
0: I have one. Okay, so, good, teamwork. So listen, (laughs) how that shows up is my friend says, you know what? Today I just need some alone time, right? That mean girl is going to say, man, okay, that's cool. But what I want is for us to hang out. So I'm coming over, right? I'm not respecting your boundaries. I'm Mm -hmm. saying, no, it's about what I want. Mm -hmm. So it's about me being in control. So I said, I want us to hang out. So we're going to hang out. I'm coming over. I'm not respecting your boundary.
1: That's a really good one. And it makes me think about, you know, and I definitely done this too, where you have a situation where like you might be going through something and you want to talk to your best friend, but your best friend's busy. And so you're like kind of trying to guilt trip them. And maybe they're saying, oh, I really don't have time. I really got to focus on X, Y, Z. And you're either guilt tripping them into like trying to talk to you about your problem or you talk to other people about the friend. Like, yeah, she's not available. Da, da, da. And you make it all about you without respecting the boundary that they've put in place. And we're just going to revisit all seven signs. And again, say that many of us have experienced these, right? I think the key here, and and some days you might even be like, you know what? I'm exuding mean girl energy. I need to get it together. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you realize that this is you on a regular basis and this is just how you're showing up in the world consistently, it might be time to just revisit how you're showing up and, and we'll dive into how you can stop being a mean girl in a little bit, but to revisit the seven signs that you're a mean girl. Number one, struggles with envy. Number two, your status focused, or you prioritize being or getting ahead and usually by any means necessary. Three, troubles with friendship. Four, issues with control. Five, speaks unkindly to and about others or gossiping. Number six, you leave other people out. And number seven, you don't respect boundaries. Now, as we close out, Dom, and get ready for the after show, How can you stop being a mean girl? That is the question.
0: Well, to me, step one is to recognize that you are being a mean girl, right? And then step two, once you recognize that you are being a mean girl, to go within, to take some time and really reflect on okay, what's happening for me right now that is causing me to respond in this way, to act in this way? Am I feeling insecure? Am I sad about something that recently happened? Like what's going on for me that is causing me to behave in this way? And then maybe I need to go and speak with a therapist.
1: I love those examples. I'm writing down a couple that I want to share with you in the after show. But what I'll say is for right now is I will say that developing empathy me experiencing mean girl energy, it allowed me to feel what it feels like to have that energy directed toward me. And so because it didn't feel good, I don't want to make other people feel that way. So I think for me, the biggest way to sort of combat mean girl energy is to treat people kindly and think about how you're making other people feel. And if I make someone you know, If someone interacts with me and they feel shitty afterwards, they feel sad or they feel like they're not good enough, that's not a good feeling. I don't want to go around making people feel that way. And so I think for me, that is one of the biggest things um, in my personal experience that helped with that type of energy. I do have a few more examples, Dom, that you may not believe, but I want to share them with you. So we're going to head on over to Patreon, ladies. So you can visit our website, herspacepodcast.com. Click on Wisdom Wednesday with Terry Patreon on our site, and that'll take you over to the bonus episodes. Or if you're tuned in on Spotify, you can also check out our bonus episodes right here in app on Spotify and see what we're going to talk about in the after show. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at com. Again, that's com. My name is spelled T-E-R-R-I. Hope to see you there, lady.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider.
1: If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com. And be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am doing the best I can with the understanding, knowledge, and awareness I have at this moment.